Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. The title tonight is The Gift Within the Gift. The Gift Within the Gift. Some may say, well, that should be like a Christmas message. To be honest with you, this particular revelation that I want to share with you tonight as minimal, I'm sure it may be. I, I, I don't think there's going to be maybe a whole lot of depth, if you will. I don't know. I think that it all depends on where you're at in the Lord. There will be things that I will say tonight that some of you will hear for the very first time. There are some things I will say tonight for some of you that it is just going to be a simple courtesy reminder. How many like courtesy reminders? Think of what a courtesy reminder is. It's you're out of courtesy, somebody's reminding you of something that you do not want to forget. Meaning not they are saying you should not forget, it's you yourself know you shouldn't forget. So when somebody gives me a courtesy reminder of say an appointment for a meeting or whatever, and I want to be at that meeting, I need to be at that meeting, to me that courtesy reminder is wow, thank you. So tonight, there's going to be some courtesy reminders for some of us. For some, there's going to be things you've never heard that you need to hear, obviously, because you're starting out in your journey with the Lord. So whether there's some great depth, doubt it. Courtesy reminders, some things learned first time for sure. So let's get into what we have, a gift within the gift. Let me start out by telling you how this message started Years back during a Christmas season, for some reason I read a story that really wasn't brought in a Christian format, it was a secular format. But the story really, really intrigued me and and honestly in many ways, that story that I heard, and it's a true story by the way, it's not a preacher story. It's, it's, It's not fabricated to drive home a point, it's a true story at least according to the source that I trust. Anyways, that story has in many ways spoken to me since. It has plagued me in my thoughts. It has bothered me. It has challenged me. It has caused me to really be part of who I am today as um, a follower of Christ. And then in my presentation of the word that follows that, and that is one who assesses where you're at in the Lord who assesses, am I really experiencing the best that God has for my life? How I many know oh, God's the God of the best? Because he is the best. There's no better than the best because the best is the best. So how do you get better than that? And that is who God is. So, And God's not one who hoards, thank God. How many have ever seen those TV reality shows of people who hoard? I have and I just flip through and it just nauseates me, but it's interesting that people... Are, are deceived to live like that. But it's interesting, God's not that kind of God who hoards all these best of blessings that he has in heaven and it's just hoarded up there. How many, how many know he wants to release? God is a God who releases. So in hearing this true story, that's where this was birthed out of. And, and it's what I tried to, however that goes, percentage-wise, to live this. I'm sure the Lord... The Lord himself is chuckling over that right now. Yeah, about 2% can keep it up. Amen. 
But how many know we're all striving, right? Here's the story, true story. There was a homeless man, probably in his mid-40s, 43, 45, whatever, mid-40 uh, years old, and, but he literally looked 80. How many know street life can be very, very difficult? Lived on the streets for 25 years. No wonder he looked 80, because it aged him a lot. But one day in the neighborhood that this homeless man lived in and was known among the homeless community for 25 years in this specific neighborhood, very well known by the way, one day a limousine pulled up to a specific part of this neighborhood. Well-dressed elderly gentleman got out in a very fine looking suit, obviously in a limousine that says a lot, and walked up to a group of homeless people in this homeless community people community. And he said, do you people know so-and-so and quoted the gentleman's full name? They were like, oh yeah, we, we know so-and-so. Actually, he's about three blocks down the road, etc." So the well-dressed gentleman gets back in the limousine and drives three blocks, gets back out to the next group of homeless people and gets down on his knees in the dirt, in the muck, the mire there and pleads with the people, do any of you know so-and-so. Well, they said, yes, we know so-and-so. Matter of fact, he is right down there. So this gentleman, fine-dressed gentleman, elderly gentleman, obviously in tears, goes to this homeless gentleman, finally finds whom he's looking for. And he begins to explain to this homeless gentleman who he is. This well-dressed gentleman begins to explain who he is. He says, Richard, I am one of your family members. I'm your uncle. I'm the only brother to your father. Now Richard's looking at him in a blank face because for 25 years, Richard believed not only was he homeless, but he was familyless. He had no family in his mind, he thought. Well, this gentleman begins to explain, he says, Richard, I'm your uncle and your father just recently passed away. But your father had great inheritance. And your father wanted me to seek you out and find you. He was ill, will of health for many years, could not do it himself. That is my journey, I'm here for that. Well, the interesting part of the story as the uncle pulls out this envelope with Richard's full name on it, and that's all the envelope had was Richard's full name on that envelope, not explaining on the outside of the envelope what was inside the envelope, but just his name. How many with me so far? Richard, this homeless man, was so intrigued for, for the first time in 25 years, he got something with his full name on it. So as the uncle began to explain to him, he said, Richard, this inside this envelope explains everything. But Richard, you're going to need, listen now, you're going to need to come with me. But Richard said, I can't go with you. Fear began to strike his face and fear began to strike his voice. He says, I can't leave my friends. This homeless community, these people are my friends. They're my life. Listen, it's all I've known. With greater tears in the uncle's eyes, he began to even more plead with Richard, you must come with me. A better life awaits you. Richard refused. 
The young Quintiers got back in the limousine, drove away, never to be seen again. For years, Richard, this homeless gentleman, held on to this envelope with his full name on it. Totally intrigued, showed it off everywhere he went to all his homeless friends and family and said, look what I got. As the years ticked by, that envelope began to fade and become weathered and torn and soiled and began to become obvious of its use on the street, but never opened. One day Richard dies. His body is taken to the hospital. Doctors begin to search to find who he is, look through his clothes, look through his, his articles, his items, finds this envelope with his full name on it, open the envelope, inside the envelope is a copy of a will. Richard is an heir or was an heir to a full estate worth multiple millions of dollars. Richard was heir to a multi-million dollar company that his father, listen to this, that his father built with blood, sweat, and tears. Inside to what Richard saw, the envelope with his name was the gift that all he cared about. But inside the gift was a greater gift that Richard never opened and never experienced. How many, for you, like me, that moves you to tears? That moves me to many emotions. Like I said, that story, true as it is, has plagued me ever since. Because God began to take me on a journey. He said, son, many of my children, many Christians receive the gift of all gifts. How many know Jesus is the gift of all gifts? But inside the gift is really the gift. And he says, son, I'm challenging you. And I'll not challenge you this one time. I will challenge you throughout your life because you've asked me for this. That story did not come to you by coincidence. You cried out to me one day, son, and I remember it. I journaled it. Chelsea, we were just talking about that. Where I cried out to God. I said, God, I want your very best that you have. You paid a dear price for it. But God, I don't want to just know you as Savior. I want to know what does it truly mean to be a follower of Christ. How many of you better watch what you pray for? Because I had no idea what kind of journey that was going to take me on. And let me tell you, a journey, not just one of great pleasure and joy, but it's been one of pain as well. Because dying to yourself and following after the Lord and not just knowing him as Savior is two different things. Just like for Richard, if he truly opened that envelope and saw the gift within the gift, his life would have took on transformation. And there would have been great work and great pain to transform from the homeless bum, if you will, on the streets for 25 years to living a life of an heir within the wealth that was presented to him. So my greatest fear, if you will, and I know we're in a faith-filled church, but it is a fear that I challenge. It is a fear that with all my heart I work on, but it is a fear within my life 
that there will be a day I'll stand before the Lord and he'll say, son, you never opened the envelope I truly had for you. See, I want the life God has. He paid an amazing price. How about you? I want you to take your notes, turn it over to a blank part. Just find a blank part of the notes. I want to challenge you with a question. Write down yes or write down no. Yes or no. It's right at the end there. Yes or no. So here's the question I want to ask you. Thank you, sir. I forgot to bring it up. Yes or no. Do you believe, yes or no, you are living the very best that God has for you? Just answer honestly. If you got to cover it, if you don't want nobody to see it, that's fine. Just answer yes or no. Do you believe you're living right now the very best that God has for you? Chances are, great percentage of us here tonight circled no. So then I would say to you and I, this message truly is for you. If you circled yes, what may happen tonight may happen by the time we're done. And even just from that story alone, you may begin to question, are you really experiencing God's best? Because how many know what we may deem as best and then we begin to compare it as we grow and mature in understanding and who he is. How many know our best all of a sudden fades? How many know what I'm talking about? How many, how many like, you think you got the best car, you're driving down the road and you think you got the best car and all of a sudden somebody drives by with one better? How many know the light goes off, right? It goes on, it's like, okay, yeah, there's always better. Well, we're talking about God, so obviously, there's better. If you would, go with me to your notes and to your Bible. Numbers chapter 13. So I began to search and began to go on a quest. How can I find scripturally truth and stories that fit that story of that homeless man? This was years ago. I began to journal it. And there are many that I found. Many stories. But to me, this story stands out the most of what I believe God wants to convey about the gift within the gift. You may know it for those who don't. In Numbers chapter 13, this is a moment where now is time for Moses to uh, get the leadership of Israel, if you will, and get some marching orders and begin to take the promised land that obviously was promised to them. Now you gotta remember, let's set the stage of this story. Prior to this, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering for 40 years in a circle, over and over and over. How many know quail and manna? How'd you like to chew on that for 40 years? How many are with me? Well, they began to cry out and complain, obviously. How many know they are normal like you and I? Anyone here ever cry out and complain to the Lord? I'm hanging up here all by myself, just feeling all alone. Just me. That's probably why I'm preaching this with such passion. I'm preaching to me. Amen? But they were, prior to the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, 
quail, manna for 40 years for food, captivity for over 400 years. They were slaves. See, Richard was a slave. He lived a homeless life. He was in utmost poverty at the level of the lowest. He was in slavery to his surroundings. He was in slavery to a mentality. He was in slavery to his associates, his friends about him. He was in slavery and God had more for him. Obviously, life had more for him. So here, Moses has to begin to get the marching orders. Now let's read this on top of your notes. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. You, you know, I, I, this is a side thought, but I love the fact that God's one, he is one who prepares and plans. How many love that? He didn't go into this haphazard, you know what I mean? Uh, I was going to say it the way my father used to say, but it wouldn't be appropriate. But, you know, he, 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 he didn't go into this haphazard. He, he went into this with a plan, God himself with a plan. And he's teaching Moses. How many know God's always teaching us? Prepare and plan. How many know preparation time's never wasted time? You need to write that down for some of you because you're looking for things to happen in your life that aren't happening because God has been trying to prepare you to plan for those things and you haven't been allowing him to do it. It may not be your built, may not be your makeup, but allow God to help you become that because that's important because you'll see it throughout the Bible. God is one who plans and preps. He says, send men to spy out the land. So they had to go spy out the land before they just marched in there to conquer it. He said, go spy it out. Now, I believe it's manifold in its approach because obviously God wanted them to take note of their enemies and the fortresses of the enemies and all that. I believe there's more to it than that because God had no sweat and worry over the enemies. I believe God wanted them to be so intrigued with the gifts and the splendor and the prosperity that was within Canaan. I think he wanted to send spies out and get a peek and bring it back and get people fired up to go conquer it. Okay, how, do, how many know that sounds a lot like us and our Christianity and what the Bible has to say about your life and my life? Man, you tear into this, God will start giving you sneak peeks of what your future looks like, that should fire you up. And then all of a sudden when the enemies that you're going to have to fight, you're going to have to fight enemies. There's no way you're gonna be able to conquer and have what God has for you without some resistance. But the enemies will look like nothing compared to what God has for you when he begins to give you a sneak peek. How many are with me so far? Look at verse two. He's, again, he says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm given to the children of Israel from each tribe. Now, leadership, everybody say leadership. Some of you who are beginning to know us here at Tree of Life Church, the leadership culture is our culture and it's going to come out of us every way. It says, I'm given to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. So Moses picks leaders. Amen? I'll explain some of that a little bit later because some of them brought back a good report. Most of them didn't. Shame on those leaders. How many are with me? Shame on those leaders, the 10 that brought back the negative and the two 
praise God, it brought back the positive. So Moses sent them from the wilderness and according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads, leaders of the children of Israel. If you read on in this story, and I'm gonna paraphrase real quick for the sake of time, because we're pretty much out of time. This looks like a, a part two coming up. Is that okay? If we possibly do a part two, because there's no way we're gonna get through what we have tonight. But if you look through the story in Numbers 13, amazing stuff, because they go to spy out the land and obviously they see the enemies that they're going to have to face. You may know the story, but for those who don't, they came back with with the report, there's giants in the land. And there's no way we can conquer the giants in the land. But I love the two great leaders that decided, you know what? We're bringing back some good stuff. Everybody say good stuff. They brought back the fruit, the splendor, the gifts within Canaan land. And when they brought back, everybody say grapes. Again, some know the story, but remember, some don't. These grapes, the cluster of grapes was so great. The soil and the land and this blessing was so rich that they had to put it on a stick and two guys had to carry this huge cluster of huge grapes back together. Took two of them to bring them back. You know, there's so much in that story. My mind is just racing. To me, it's like, you know what I get out of that? And, and this is just one thing I really, and I'm gonna share this if I can. It's a side journey. Is it okay if I take a side journey? Just for a moment, because it's just constantly on my mind right now. There's the blessings of God's gonna take more than just you. It took two. You've gotta have somebody in your life and husband and wife, let me tell you something, a little trick of the journey is gotta be more than just your spouse. Men, you've got to have a man who's a mentor. Women, you've got to have a lady who's a mentor in your life. You've got to be positioned as a protege. You have to. I don't know why that came out, but it did. Pastor Don, is that okay? He says, amen. He's back here, see? How many know it's true? Because listen, this is how I see it. The gifts, the blessings that God has for you is so immense, you can't do it on your own. I know me, I'm too dumb. I want to borrow, steal, rob, from men who've learned what they've learned so I don't have to learn it that way. How many know what I'm talking about? And you can see that intertwined in the story and it affected a whole nation. Think about that. Men, it'll affect your whole family. Women, it'll affect your whole family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's move on if we can. And this is probably where we're going to end tonight on these few thoughts. Think on this. And this is where the blanks you'll begin to need to fill in. Think on this. Something inside you gravitates towards growth. You can talk to an unbeliever of unbelievers and they will talk progress. They'll talk increase. (laughs) They'll talk change. Now, they may talk change and never do anything about it, but it's built into every human being to gravitate towards growth. You know where that comes from? 
It's not a trick question. From him. Remember, he breathes life into us all. And in his breath and in his life, there's progress. It's just the very nature of who God is. Look at this next slide. You have the instinct for improvement. You just know. See, when I asked you to turn over, and that's why I did that, to prepare you for these quotes, when I asked you to turn over your paper and say yes or no, are you living in God's best, I'm, I'm going to be very, very honest. Every one of us should have circled no. If you didn't, please understand my heart. We're all learning. We're all growing in this. And you may be in one specific area. Amen. But I bet God even has more for you in that area. And I get why we would circle yes. I understand that. But in all possible reality, it should have been no. Because as long as you're breathing, you have an instinct for improvement. Because the reason you have an instinct for improvement, because God has improvement already at hand for you. It's already available. So what he does, he puts that instinct inside of us. Let me give an example for our marriages, for those who are married. You you just know by instinct, and it's usually the women, uh, which is fortunate that men, we husbands, have women with this instinct that are more keen, more tuned into it. But typically, women will pick up on when the marriage isn't quite what it should be. And all the women said, come on now. And all the men said, Amen. Come on, man. It's true. Thank God for that. But there's an instinct inside of us. We know. Look at this. You were created for expansion. You were created for expansion. And I don't mean, some of you are laughing. I'm not talking about waist size. I'm not talking shirt size. Because if that was the case, I would be circling yes. (laughs) I'm experiencing God's best. Y'all need to be quiet over there right now. Just, just be quiet over there. It's not funny. Created for expansion. That means in the way that you think and you believe and your circle of influence. Your circle of influence. God wanting you to influence others for the gospel's sake. You were created for expansion. Look at this next thought. Simply put, you were born to eat grapes. Turn to the person next to you, you look like a grape eater. Go ahead, tell them. Born to eat grapes. We're talking huge grapes, large grapes. Look at me, <laughs> grapes. How many of there's grapes and then there's just grapes? How many like when you bite into a grape and it just splurts everywhere? <laughs> Juicy. Amen. You were created and born to eat grapes. Remember the person of Jesus. Look at this thought, please. The person of Jesus creates your peace. The principles of Jesus create your prosperity. The gift within the gift. We must not just know him as Savior. We've got to know him as Lord. Are we truly following him? Because the person of Jesus will give you peace. You'll know. You'll have an inner knowing. 
that salvation is yours, heaven will be your eternal home. But how many know that's just the beginning? Now the principles of Jesus must begin to speak to you, must begin to teach you, must begin to talk to you, must begin to dictate to you, must begin to become Lord over you in order to have what we instinctively know we need to have. This is why I think sometimes, many of times, actually, why many of believers are frustrated. Because they got this instinct inside them for improvement and expansion and go seek grapes. Where are my grapes, God? Where are my grapes? We have that inside of us. We're crying out, my cluster of grapes. But we're only seeing the person of Jesus in our lives and not living to the principles of Jesus in our lives. How many know vast difference? We're out of time. We're going to pick up here next week if, we, if, if, if I'm allowed to. But I need every eye closed, every head bowed. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.